It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Cannon Cast, a Columbus Blue Jackets podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, PD. I'm joined here by Eric Seeds. We write for the Cannon, the Blue Jackets site on 4hockeyfans.com. So be sure to check out our written content there. Seeds, it's been a while. How you doing, man? Hanging in there. Just got back from a nice vacation, went down to the beach and spent some time uh sitting on the beach and reading a book and then went over to Indianapolis and saw the Rams beat the Colts. So all things considered, you know, nice, nice way to end the summer. Nice. Well, the summer, yeah, is over. Hockey season is starting this week. As we were recording this on Monday night, we're less than 72 hours from the start of the jacket season Thursday night at nationwide against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, this, this afternoon, the Jackets had to set their 23-man roster. We've got that. So I'm going to run down quickly the final cuts that they made. I'm going to run down the roster, and then we'll get into our thoughts about the roster. So Denton Matejchuk was sent back to his junior team, the Moose Jaw Warriors, so we won't see him until that season's done. Uh, Nick Blankenberg, David Yurichek, and Dmitry Voronkov were sent down to Cleveland. And then... Igor Chinnikov, Matthew Olivier, Jordan Dumais were all put on the injured reserve list. So 
That leaves our 23-man roster with 14 forwards, 7 defensemen, 2 goalies. The forwards are Cole Sillinger, Sean Corrali, Adam Fantilli, Johnny Goudreau, Justin Danforth, Liam Foodie, Patrick Laine, Boone Jenner, Alexander Texier, Eric Robinson, Emil Bemstrom, Kirill Marchenko, Kent Johnson, and Jack Rosalvik. On defense, Andrew Peake, Zach Wierenski, Ivan Provorov, Jake Bean, Adam Boquist, Eric Goodbranson, and Damon Severson. And then finally, the goalies, Elvis Merzlikens and Spencer Martin. Now, Martin, I believe, is added since the last time we had an episode. He was picked up off waivers at the end of September from Vancouver. He provides some veteran depth with Tarasov being out indeterminately. Spencer Martin, the one goalie last season with worse numbers than Elvis Merzlikens. So, so that's great. But he did have a good preseason start. Elvis was kind of up or down, but did have a good finale on Saturday against Washington. So, Seeds, with this 23-man roster, did anything on here, whether the guys that made it or the guys that didn't make it, did anything here surprise you? Surprise me? No. Frustrate me a little bit. Um, I think it's to be fair that um, I think we all would have liked to have seen David Juracek make the roster simply from a talent standpoint. I do think he was better than most, many of the defensemen who are out on the opening night roster. Um, and I think uh, Den Matejchuk actually uh, held his own as well. Um, in a perfect world, he'd be able to go play in Cleveland, but unfortunately the rule requires he has to go back to Moose Jaw. So just is what it is. The, apparently, the league made it very clear to the Blue Jackets that Dume and Matejchuk would not be receiving an exemption to miss out on their final season of junior. So the Blue Jackets apparently did not even attempt to um, get that waiver through. That being said, um, yeah, nothing really surprised me too much. The the roster is basically who we expected it to be, kind of based on contracts. Um, uh, I don't think there's ever a world where, like, you know, Andrew Peake is getting sent down or Jake Bean's getting sent down, Eric right. Branson's getting sent down. Just financially, the ownership isn't going to be okay paying those guys millions of dollars to sit in Cleveland. Like, that's just yeah, exactly. not a world. It's just not a world we live in, much as I wish it was. But I think, um, I think what stood out to me the most, and especially, I guess, how do I want to phrase this? Like I said, not surprised. I think what's going to be very interesting is that um, if this team can score like they did last year, we're going to watch a lot of 4-3-5-4 hockey games because I don't think yes. the defense is all that great. I think we're going to see uh, a lot of high-octane offense and a lot of high-danger high, high danger chances allowed defense. So I think we're going to. I think this team is going to play a, uh, a lot of high-scoring hockey games this year. Which is entertaining. I'll say that, you know. I mean, if we can go back to what we had two years ago where we were, like, bad but fun, like, I'm good with that. I mean, last year was just a slog. But the year before that, like, hey, at least we could score. So yeah, I'll, if, I'll if take you're that. Going, yeah, if you're going to suck, at least be entertaining about it. Like, Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I do say I, – I did want to say, like, I do think the offensive talent is very high on this team. I think especially if Pascal Vincent is empowered to deploy them how he wants to – um, you know, play some skill guys throughout the lineup. It sounds like, you know, we're going to open Thursday night with Patrick Line as the number one center, which is certainly a thing, but that, that line played well in the preseason with him, with him, Gaudreau and Kirill Marchenko. So we'll see how they, we'll see how they play against a 
not great Philadelphia team, but there's there is a lot of off- offensive capability out up there. Um, I guess my my big takeaway from the preseason, especially about the roster, is it in in this and coupled with uh, Elliot Friedman reporting on uh, Thirty Two Thoughts the podcast today that uh, the Jackets are still looking for a center. Um, I'm interested to hear how you feel about it, but it, it to me reads like this team is extremely out on Jack Roslevic given how little he played in like the dress. He didn't play in the final dress rehearsal, didn't play in the full roster game last Wednesday. He played with like the last chance kind of guys. And it's, it seems like they're really out on him. Yeah, I would agree that they're out on him, but I still don't think that jives with Elliot's reporting because the way the roster is set up now, Roslick's not going to be playing center anyway. He's going to be like a third line winger. Um, and we, the team had added so many centers in the, I mean, adding, you know, like bringing in Fantelli, bringing in Voronkov, um, you know, moving Lyde to center. Like we've got options. I, I forget who it was. I think it was maybe Brian Hedger that pointed out today that um, there are like, eight forwards in this group of 14 that have experience playing center, whether in the NHL or prior to the NHL. So like we've got options of guys to play center. So, I mean, if you're going to add a center, it would be someone that could play it. I would think at a high level, but who's available. That's like that. And is that a cost worth paying? And do you want to be blocking a guy for like cylinder from growing into that role or, um, Luca Del Belbaluz or Voronkov or whatever. And, you know, so do you bring in someone as a rental? But, like, what's the point of that? Like, how much better does that make this group? Like, what I see here is kind of a logjam of guys that can play different roles. And I think we want to see where that's set up. And that just feels, it felt less like reporting to me from Friedman and more like speculation on his part. And he's usually better at kind of drawing that line there. But, Maybe it was just a sense that he got from other teams just based on what they've thought about Columbus in the past, but I don't think it reflects the current reality and what we've seen the last, you know, three weeks of training camp and preseason. I don't think that there's a room for an outside center. I think we need to see what we have currently before we start looking elsewhere. But I think what we have, again, Lighting, I did not. I was not a fan of the line A experiment conceptually. Again, just didn't think it was necessary with the actual centers that we had in camp. But based on what we saw in preseason, it looks really good. <laughs> it looks really good. His yeah. line his lines have been dominating possession. His face-off numbers aren't great, but you know, hopefully that can get better. But man, I don't know if it's just the wings that he's been with that are playing really well, but He's his lines are able to create something really special. Faceoff numbers not great are the story of this franchise, and it doesn't really seem to matter all that much, so it's fine. Um, I'm interested to see if it doesn't work. Do they continue to try and force it, or do they just go back to Jenner and move Adam Fantilli up to the second line center or something? I'm interested to see because at some point there, there's going to be struggles, you know, just simply because it's the nature of the NHL. So I'm interested to see how this team adjusts going forward. Um, really interested to see. It seems like, by all indications, Fantilli's going to start on the third line as a third line center this year. Um, 
I think, and obviously, you know, he's one of the most prized prospects in franchise history. I'm interested to see how well he acclimates because he's looked really solid in the preseason. That that wrist shot that he scored on the other night was one of the fastest wrist shots I've ever seen someone in, in this in this uniform take. It was like Panarin-esque how quickly he got that shot off in that tight Super space. Super quick release, yeah. I wonder if he is almost like set up for a Pierre-Luc Dubois kind of you know, takes a, takes a few weeks to adjust and then takes off and all of a sudden he's playing top six minutes in all situations. Because it seems like that is on the table for him and it seems like Pascal Vincent and this coaching staff are willing to concede the fact that that is a potential option, which is a far cry from some, some stuff we may have seen in the past. And I think it speaks well to how well Fantilli is set up for success here. Yeah, and actually I, I think... I don't think he's going to take even as much time as Dubois did. And Dubois, that was like a month. But, you know, and, and Dubois at that first preseason that he had wasn't like great or whatever. So he started this like fourth line wing and then kind of worked his way up. But I mean, Fantilli already looks so comfortable. And I don't mind him being on the third line, assuming that those top three are kind of fluid and interchangeable. And I, that's why most I'm okay with this roster if it is deployed in the right way. And I think it can be deployed. We just don't know exactly how Vincent's going to do it, but there can be three scoring lines here and whichever one is having the best night, they can get the minutes and you can go, you know, adjust that night to night so that no line is getting used a ton. You're not, you're not going to get Boone Jenner playing 20 minutes night. We don't, we don't want that. That's not, good for him that's not maximizing his ability you know he needs to rest up or whatever and on defense as well like we've seen in preseason that Wierenski is not necessarily the workhorse now is that just because it's preseason or is it the fact that like you've got Provorov and Severson that can also carry the load so depend night to night you know maybe the Wierenski pair is the top pair or the next night then the Provorov pair is the top pair uh, and that could be a great way of keeping all these top players more fresh without the team performance overall ever taking a dip because we've got multiple lines that are capable. That's, that's the best case scenario here. Um, I don't know how realistic it is, but that's something that I am hoping for can be different here under Vincent. I think what is giving, what gives me the most optimism about this season and obviously it needs to come to pass um, in actuality, but, on paper, the high end, the top end players on this roster are as deep as they've been in uh, several years. You know, we've got, you've got legit. If, when you say you have a top six, you've got like legit, you've got a legit top six, you know, you've got, and that doesn't even include Fantilli right now, who's on his way. And he, I am barring injury and or catastrophe. I think Fantilli will end this season as one of your top six players in ice time and probably points. Um, I think he is, I think he is that special and is going to acclimate very quickly to the NHL. Um, your top end defenseman um, of Zach Wierenski, if he stays healthy, you know, Severson and Provorov should perform well above what we have seen defensively in the past. And then I, I cannot, I, I refuse to believe that we're going to go to the entire season and spend it without David Yurichek on this roster. I think eventually we see him and he ends the season in the top four. I think the high end of this roster 
is very talented and can and is can make plays consistently. It's can the rest of it hold up enough to let them get there, and can the goaltending hold up to let them get there? And if if because if if the bottom of the if the team is relatively healthy more so than last year, which it'd be hard not to be, and the you're not relying on Eric Branson to play 21 minutes a night like you were last year, and Elvis Merzlikens does not have an 870 save percentage like he did last year. I think this team can go. I don't think this is a playoff team. I'm just like full disclosure. Spoiler alert for my preview uh, coming out in a couple of days, but uh, or my predictions coming out in a couple of days. I don't think this is a playoff team, but I think they can exceed expectations and exceed points projections that they're sitting at in the off season if the bottom of the roster doesn't hold them back. But I think the top of the roster is good enough to not like compete with like Colorado or Tampa or something, but it's good enough to, it's good enough to be pesky night in and night out, which is way more than we've seen from this team in a quite in a good long while. Yeah. That is a unusually even headed and optimistic take from you seeds. I'm, I'm so proud of you and, and surprised by that. But uh, so to that end, I, I Look, do drafting I do. Adam Fantilli and <laughs> does a lot of wonders for me. I, I am not, I am not ashamed to say that like, you know, at the end of last season, we gave up our tickets. Just, it just didn't work out going forward. You know, mm-hmm. we were, we're busy and time commitments are a thing when you're, when you're an adult. But um, I was very happy to say that uh, when I came back from that Myrtle beach trip, uh, an Adam Fantilli Jersey was sitting on my porch waiting for me. So nice. how happy, I mean, I'm in, you know, I think, I think he is going to be the real deal. And that engenders a lot of positivity from me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I want to show like why I'm optimistic about this team. I had this thought this afternoon of um, looking at the roster for last season's opening game. This was at Carolina. It was a 4-1 loss. Line got the first goal of the season, first goal of the game. Got hurt a couple shifts later. Um, but I was just curious to see how has that roster changed against what the roster should look like here on, on this Thursday. So, And I'm going to go through um, from the top down by number of shifts played in the game. Uh, rather than time on ice, and, I'll, and you'll find out why here in a little bit. But uh, first of all, the goalie was Daniil Tarasov because Elvis was sick to start the season. So Tarasov started a couple games. Um, well, so first of all, like, do we think Elvis would be an upgrade over Tarasov there? I mean, he wasn't last year, but I hope and pray for the team success that he is. Okay, fair enough. All right, so on to the skaters. The most shifts were played by Zach Wierenski. Played 24 minutes. That's what we want, right? Next was Andrew Peak, who I think was maybe Wierenski's partner then. Yeah, they were partners to start the season. Yeah. Um, he was a minus three in that game. Not, not great. Uh, next, Boone Jenner. So again, this year, as I said, ideally, Boone Jenner will not be our most used forward. Yeah, ideally, know? Boone Jenner is getting 17 minutes a night. Yeah. So that was, he had 19-23 in that game. Now, some of the forward times it was a little messed up too because Line A was, you know, only played seven minutes or whatever. Uh, next, Vladislav Gavrikov, he's gone. Uh, next, Johnny Goudreau played 20 minutes, 28 shifts. He was a plus one. That, yeah, he's our best forward. We want him to play a lot. Fine. Uh, next, with 27 shifts, Erica Branson, who was also second in ice time among skaters in that game. Was he a minus four? Uh, only a minus one. So <laughs> I'm impressed, but so I went by shifts here rather than time on ice because shifts are how you, that shows you how many times the coach is sending the guy over the board. If there's a guy that has fewer shifts, but more minutes, it's showing that he's getting, yeah, he got stuck out or there. something. Yeah, which is that fits with what we've seen from Good Branson. Uh, after him was Eric Robinson. Now he had he had quick shifts. He had twenty seven shifts, same as Good Branson, but like four minutes less of ice time. So, and it and it's not even like there was a lot of penalty kill time because we only took two penalties in that game. So that's weird. Uh, after him, Adam Boquist, seventeen minutes, fine. Gus Nyquist, gone. Jake completely Bean forgot like, he was on this roster yeah. last year. Jake Bean was the least used defenseman, 15, 15 47, 23 shifts. No plus minus there, fine. Uh, Justin Danforth, 16 46, 23 shifts. He's back. I'm glad to see he's back. He had a great preseason. Cole Sillinger, uh, 23 shifts, 14 59, minus one. That's, yeah, that was the first sign that he was not up to it last year. Sean Corrali, 23, 21 shifts, 13, 27, fine. 
Jake Voracek, 15 minutes. He's gone. Chinikov, 19 shifts, 1440. He's not playing. Matthew Olivier, 18 shifts, 11 minutes. He's not playing. Uh, Jack Rozovic, uh, played 13 and a half minutes in that game, 17 shifts. That was a sign, too, that he didn't have it. And then line A, 12 shifts before he got hurt. So, there's six of those guys on this list that have either moved on or are on the injured list to start the season. And in their place in the lineup Thursday, we're going to have Provorov and Severson on defense. Um, so Elvis and net, and we're going to have, uh, you know, Kent Johnson at forward, who was a healthy scratch for the opener last year, which that frustrated me at the time. And it's even more inexplicable. Now I, I can see you. Yeah. You're like pinching your nose here in, in, yeah. hind, in hindsight. That is inexcusable. Yeah. Uh, and then we're also adding Alexander Texier, who's back from Switzerland. And of course, Adam Fantilli. So when you look at who is not playing and who we're replacing them with, at least from the skater standpoint, these all seem like upgrades. And if we can use things more sensibly, and I, I not good Branson as much, not Robinson as much, like that should make this team a lot better, right? That should, that should improve the team. And also um, I think, and I realize I'm comparing, I don't know how to uh, um I don't know how I want to phrase this um, because we, we got rid of a first time head coach and we are hiring a first time head coach. We're going into the season with a first time head coach after the debacle that was the summer's coaching hire. Right. But I just somehow feel more comfortable and at ease with Pascal Vincent going into the summer because or going into the season, even after the entire mess that was Mike Babcock, one, Pascal Vincent has been here for a hot minute, so he is he is familiar with the team. He's familiar with the players. He's seen this group on the ice in action, but also he got a fresh perspective or a fresh set of eyes from Babcock this yeah. summer, and mm-hmm. he kind of and I and I have to assume this coaching staff because with Babcock gone, Vincent ascendant, there wasn't really a lot of change until they brought in um, what's his face, Mark right? yeah. Uh, right before training camp started. So you've got, um, you, they've had some time to put together a plan for like what they want this team to be offensively and defensively. So I just, I am assuming that based on new coaching staff coming in, that we are going to have not even a more consistent or coherent defensive system, but we are going to have a defensive system this year that like makes an iota of sense and if those things happen, this team is comfortable playing a defensive system and the talent playing that system is better. We should in theory, see improvement on the ice, especially because of those two factors, you know, systems better coaching's better and the talent level has risen. Now they have to all obviously all come to put together, come together to put that product on the ice consistently. And the goaltending has to hold up. Um, Sure, not all of it was on Elvis last year, but he let in some bad ones at various points throughout the year. Like it's just you don't get to it. You don't get to an eight seventy save percentage by only by getting just peppered with shots. Like yes, yeah. it's, it's part of it's on you, bud. So right. it's I think I the the ingredients are there for this team to be better. Now it's up to them to do it. 
Yeah. And I do feel like in preseason, there was this team is definitely schematically different. They were doing things differently than we saw last year. And sometimes the execution wasn't always there. Players aren't always on the same page or they were trying to do the right thing, but you know, Oh, just the past was just, you know, off target a little bit or whatever. Like, but those are things that can come, you know, can come into form as players have more experience with it, develop the chemistry of, you know, having the consistent lines and pairs, which obviously doesn't happen in preseason all the time, but you could see that, they were getting the puck out of the defensive zone a lot more quickly. They weren't dilly-dallying with it. It was just, let's get the puck up ice with control. You could see that in the offensive zone, there was a concerted effort to get the puck to the middle. Um, lots of plays, too, where guys are going below the neck and passing it back up into the slot. like Things like that that are the way the good teams score, the way the good teams move the puck. And we just have more players that are puck movers like this. This makes a difference. So that is all encouraging to me with Vincent. I, while he is a first time NHL head coach, um, he does at least have more head coaching experience overall than Larson had, you know, Larson had two years as an AHL head coach before then joining the staff as an assistant here in Columbus, whereas Vincent had, you know, a, a chunk of time there as the coach and GM of a team in the queue and then he had, uh, I think, like five years coaching the AHL for Winnipeg. So he's got a little bit more time running a bench than Larson had, which should help. I agree with you that even, you know, just two and a half months of Babcock's insight is really useful, especially the kind of the research Babcock had. He's doing like, here, watch all these good teams report back on what it is that they're doing. And we're going to incorporate those things because that's what good teams do. Like that's still useful information you can pull from, you know, Recky, Shocker, doing your research helps. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, like Dale and I talked about last time when Recky was hired, like this is an outside voice. Um, and he's a guy that, you know, whereas Vincent wasn't a player and Larson had been a, you know, fourth line grinder guy. Recky's a hall of fame forward scored a lot of points. Like if there's anyone that can relate to, Lining Gaudreau and guys like this, like it's it's Recky. So that's a useful thing to have there. Um, yeah, we'll see what the power play is like. Um, certainly, again, even just the talent, you got the talent there. You're putting those guys out on the ice. Good things can happen. So, um, and, and now some things that Vincent said, I hope was hopeful at the start of the season. He was saying stuff like, you know, uh, contracts won't matter. You know that, and just the way that guys play will determine the thing now that didn't pa- come to pass with the, with the lo- roster here. Um, but I think he kind of, he laid the groundwork for that, even with some of his comments as the preseason went on about how, you know, he thought that junior is fine for Jumea Matejchuk. Like there's still progress they can make going back there. He even talked about, you know, going down to the AHL is not a bad thing for guys. He said like, Oh, you know, I haven't seen anyone who was hurt by spending more time in the AHL. Now, I don't entirely agree with that. I think I've seen some guys that have stagnated or plateaued a little bit or whatever, but I, I take his point there. Obviously he's got the experience in that, um, but we'll see if the roster is the roster waiver status clearly had an impact, but will the best players play and will it be determined by how they play and guys like Danforth and Bemstrom, they were bubble guys coming into preseason. 
They played really well in preseason. They got their spot on the roster. I think they'll get a chance to play. Can they continue playing well? And if they don't, can, you know, will Sillager slip in there? Will Foodie slip in there? And and just from these guys that might start out on the bench. But I think there's some competition there, which is good. And hopefully the cream will rise to the top. Yeah, I I understand why the roster is the roster because Pascal Vincent doesn't have ultimate say over who makes makes the roster. That's Yarmo, and Yarmo's the one who signed these contracts, and he's the one who can say no. I've got Jake Bean for two more years. He's going to play, or Eric, or Andrew Peak's going to be on this roster because we're not sending him to the minors. You know, we we had this discussion at the start of the pod, but I'm interested. To see, it, it'll be because game to game, lineup to lineup. You know who's who's getting the minutes and shifts during the game. That's all on Pascal Vincent, and it sounds like he's he's saying all the right things that Brad Larson didn't do when he was here. Of you know, I'm not going to just you know ride my fourth line because I was a grinder and I think that we can make this a two one game. It's like you know, if Adam Fantilli's lines having a great night, they it sounds like they're going to play, and you know. Or if someone ha- is struggling for a week, you know, Matthew Olivier's minus seven in two games, you know, maybe he doesn't play Saturday night. Like, you know, that I'm, he's saying the right stuff and he's giving me, he's giving me encouraging signs. I'm curious and interested to see if he will back it up and follow through on those statements. I hope he does because I'm, it would be a wonderful world of change for this club. Yeah. And he, I've really enjoyed listening to the press conferences because I think Vincent's a very smart guy. He's very smart, very thoughtful. So I think he's got, he's got good ideas. So we'll see if they can come to fruition. And um, yeah, it's going to be, uh, I'm excited for the season to get started just to see them in action. And it's a, a tough schedule. So we got, you know, Philly on Friday, the Rangers on Saturday, the Red Wings on Monday, and then there's a bit of a three day break which I think could be very useful for the team to practice. And then one more home game to start uh, that next Friday against Calgary. Then they're on the road to Minnesota. And then, you know, but starting out with four games at home could be really, really helpful for this team. And that break next week, I think is going to be really helpful for kind of fine tuning some things. Yeah. Um, One point of clarification, it's uh, Carolina or Philly on Thursday, not Friday. Oh, Um, sorry. I got I got panicked because I I'm going <laughs> we're going to opening night and I thought I took the wrong day off for a second so yeah. um, Thursday Saturday Monday are the first three games here at home. I, I, got, I got panicked I was like oh my god I need to talk to my boss tomorrow and reschedule my day <laughs> off um, sorry <laughs> you're good um, no I think uh, I think the break will be good for him there was a year it might have been to- the 2016 to- the first season. full year of torts. Yep. They had like a yeah. five day break after the first two games. Yeah. And it really helped them like hone in and get the team kind of like come together and really like fine tune some things. So, you know, it'd be nice to see, you know, I'm not expecting this team to like go on a run like that, but you know, it'd be nice to see them just kind of hone in and just, you know, okay, we've got a couple games to, you know, under our belt. Let's, let's revisit, clean a couple things up, do some self scouting and really lock in for the stretch here. So I think, I think it'll be good for them. So, Quick prediction then. So first five games, Flyers, Rangers, Red Wings, Flames, Wild. What do you think the Blue Jackets record will be after those five games? It would be really boring and say five points out of out of five games. Um, so hockey 500. Because um, I think I think they can beat Philadelphia. They should beat Philadelphia. Sure. 
they will probably, I would assume they would lose to New York. Um, yeah, I think, I think, what, what was the rest of the schedule? Red Wings, Flames, Wild. Red Wings should be a win. Um, I'm going to say, or Red Wings, I think they can win. I'm going to give them a loss to Calgary just because, I don't know, I think that team is going to be significantly improved by uh, Daryl Sutter not being there, (laughs) and it's going to improve their psyche, and I'll give them an overtime loss to Minnesota because Minnesota plays defense but can't score. So that, that seems like overtime to me. And honestly, you know, yeah, five points in five games based on what we did last year. Take it. That's that's improvement. So I think that uh, that would get the team starting on the right foot. And I think especially this group, as they gain some confidence as a young team, I think they'll start to feed off of that. And, you know, the less that they have to rely on any one or two players to carry the team Lots of different guys can step up. I think that will will help the team a lot going forward. And I'm I'm curious to see, you know, what the defensive pairings end up looking like, how the goaltending holds up, and yeah, can we continue scoring at a good enough pace that the defense, the goaltending don't have to be that good. They can just be good enough that I think this team can be okay. I'm gonna actually caveat my prediction. Okay. <laughs> they if they come out and they roll Philadelphia and like, so they're, I don't know how many people know this. They're playing Philadelphia at home on Adam Fantilli's 19th birthday. They come yeah. out and he, they win that game and he scores a goal in that game. The roof is going to blow off that building. And that might be the confidence. Like if, like, if you tell me that that team wins, wins against Philly blows the roof off the building with a Fantilli goal. And then the Rangers come into town and the Rangers for years, um, for casual fans who may not watch them all that much, the Rangers are a team that like lives on the power play. Like most of their production, a lot of their goal scoring comes on the power play, and they just hired Peter Laviolette, whose team whose power play was terrible last year with Alex Ovechkin on it. Um, you're te- if you tell me that like they have all they have all the confidence in the world of riding from that, um, riding from that win, and then they come in and they shut the Rangers power play down, they can win that game. And then that's that could be seven points in the first five games, and then this, and then we're really having a conversation. So I think I think. There's yeah. an opportunity in front of this team to start the season off strong. Yeah, so you, you bring up the Rangers power play, and that does bring me to like the one last issue I have with the team or something that concerned me in the preseason. This team was taking way too many penalties. And there were times where the penalty kill looked pretty good, but the more times you put the kill on the ice, they're going to get worn out and that's going to lead to goals against. And that's a big concern that I have. So they have to clean that up going into the season because NHL teams like the range, like they're going to burn you if you go to the box too much. Yeah. It turns out uh, Chris Kreider is pretty good on the power play, but I'm kind of willing to say it's youth in the preseason and it's, you know, guys just getting used to positioning and it's, you know, guys who, you know, you're not you're not playing consistent lineups. You know, you, you might have guys overcompensating for guys they're not, you know, used to playing with consistently. I it's a concern, it's a red flag, but I'm not like it's something I'm on alert for, but it's not like a massive concern yet. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair enough. That will do it for us today. Thank you for listening. Uh be sure to check out forhockeyfans.com. Uh 
our team here, we wrote a preview that's up there. They're previewing all the uh, NHL teams this week. So you can see a preview there for what the Flyers are all about, what the Rangers are all about. Be sure to read our preview. We spent a lot, a lot of words talking about everything that's going on with this team. I described this as the most forgettable franchise in the NHL that has also been one of the most chaotic in recent years. So be sure to check that out. And all of our friends there for hockey fans around that network, we've got some great stuff out there. Check out jacketscan.com. We'll have our predictions post on Wednesday. We'll have, you know, game coverage on Thursday. Like always join the comments, chat with fellow jackets fans. We've got a lot of great conversations going on there about, there's a lot to talk about with this team. So, and we love to hear from uh, what our readers and listeners are having to say. So uh, stick around, enjoy the first week of the season. We'll catch you next week to talk about all of that. So have a good one. For more content from the Canon, check out jacketscanon.com or follow us on Twitter at CBJ Cannon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Purley and the Howlin' Moons. Angela's new album, Turn Me Loose, is out now. Go to AngelaPurley.com for more music and show dates.